Well, good morning. I have been to Oklahoma and back since I saw you last. Um, and I just would like to say one thing first, and that is uh, you have an amazing leadership team here at church. I came back and, man, it was like I had to catch up on all the things that happened while I was gone. <laughs> and that's, uh, I'm really lucky to have that in a team here. And so um, I also wanted to say how amazing is Valerie that she has been orchestrating so much during this Christmas season and was preaching while I was gone. So, <laughs> and any, really any excuse to embarrass her is just a good one. A good one. Um, so yesterday I did a brave thing. And there's a very fine line between brave and stupid, I know that. Uh, but I decided to go Christmas shopping yesterday. Oh no, that, that was frightening, okay? Uh, that was a dark time in Colorado Springs. And <laughs> I ran into so many uh, people at Walmart and not like, oh, I just know these people, I should talk to them. No, I physically ran into so many people at Walmart yesterday. And I was totally done with shopping. I went home and took a nap afterwards because it just wore me down. I had one lady who was just barricaded an aisle at Walmart, like that's a thing. And um, when she finally moved, she hit me with her cart. And I was like, I think you want me to think that that was an accident, but we both know what was going on. Um, it's, a, it's a dangerous time of year, right? Uh, especially if you haven't gone Christmas shopping yet. You've been in my prayers already. Um, but because gift giving is an art form, is it not? And also receiving a gift is an art form, right? Receiving a gift, it, it matters how you do it. And to prove my point, um, I had Valerie pass out a gift from me to you this holiday season. So if you'd like, you can take that out and open it right now. tiny naked baby? It's precious. It's precious. <laughs> See, receiving a gift is an art form. You know, some of you guys laughed when you opened it. Some of you guys said, oh, it's a little baby Jesus. Um, hopefully, I doubt he was blonde, but, you know, we'll go with that. Um, but, but you received a tiny baby. And let me tell you something. Receiving a gift is an art form because no matter whether you want to or not, your face shows what you think of that gift, doesn't it? Um, in my case, I have a really bad face filter. Sometimes I don't even have a good word filter, but the face filter is worse. And so receiving a gift, uh, it's an art form because you have to prepare yourself. Now, what if I told you that I went to the ends of the earth to find these tiny naked babies just for you this morning? That, <laughs> that would up the ante, would it not? That would be like, man, this is a very thoughtful tiny naked baby. And I can't believe that she went all that way just to get it for me. See, how we receive a gift matters. How we receive a gift of something or someone, it matters. It, it definitely does. I remember when I was five years old, uh, we went to Christmas at my grandma Barbie's house, and I don't know what happened. Maybe my mom said that I needed to be very grateful for all the gifts that I got, but... <laughs> 
And I've always had personality in spades, I'll be honest. <laughs> Big surprise. And I was opening presents, and after I opened each and every present, I would say, oh, a baby doll? Just what I always wanted. <laughs> now, this was cute for the first couple times. And it was a little funny, but by the, like, the fifth or sixth present of me saying, just what I always wanted, my mom was not very happy. <laughs> and my sincerity had diminished, right? And I think that the same thing happens with Christmas. You know, we first experience Christmas, and it's just what we always wanted. And then the years pass, and so does that joy and that excitement. It turns into cards and gift-giving and traveling and busy schedules and dinners and presents and do I have to get them this? And suddenly, the sincerity itself diminishes. We're in week three of All I Want for Christmas, and we've been talking about deep longings of what we really want for Christmas. And this morning's message is entitled, All I Want for Christmas is to receive a gift. All I want for Christmas is to get just what I always wanted. And I think that we have lost that excitement. It's no wonder that the holiday time is difficult. Because receiving a gift is an art form. It requires humility and wonder and adoration. And none of those things come naturally to us. You know, you didn't open your present with wonder of a tiny naked baby. Those are difficult. And so I want to look at a story of some folks who had that humility and wonder and adoration. So if you turn with me to Luke chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 8. It says, And then there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Rightly so. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, this story is beautiful. Even just, just reading it, it is beautiful. One minute, these guys are herding sheep and picking bugs out of wool, and the next minute, the glory of the Lord shines around them. And much like a thoughtful gift, when you look at it, it is beautiful, but when you look closer, it's even more beautiful. Um, this story, it takes place in Bethlehem, and these shepherds were most likely raising sheep for the temple. And you'd think, well, so they were good guys. Not the case. Uh, these shepherds had a bad reputation for confusing what was theirs and what was God's. And, and, and they, they made their living lying. So much so that they were completely banned from giving a testimony in court because nobody believed what they had to say. And so these guys are out in the fields, and an angel shows up, and it says that they brought good news. A better translation would be, they preached the gospel to these shepherds, to the low lowlifes of society. 
And suddenly this story is not so much of an announcement as it is a gift. They show up at this moment of time and they give them the best gift that this world has ever seen. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. From one angel to like a multitude of angels shows up. And I think that we get a bad picture of what this is. Because we start to think it's like, I don't know, 12 pale dudes in a white toga singing and dancing, right? But, but the text suggests something much different. It says a holy host shows up. Think a band of soldiers shows up and proclaims peace. He, a band of mighty warriors shows up and proclaims peace and looks like they can enforce it. That's who shows up that day. This is not like a moment where there's chubby babies and harps, okay? This is mighty warriors proclaiming peace. And this is no ordinary moment. This is like the gift to end all gifts, right? This is what we aim for almost. And what is beautiful about this moment is not necessarily even the gift that was given. It wasn't even the, the heavens opening up, but it was how it changed these shepherds' lives. What happened to these outcasts? Because receiving a gift is an art form, and they had a decision to make on how they would receive it. Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now, I just want to take a moment and just acknowledge the fact that this is a logistical nightmare, okay? I think that when we see the cartoon versions of the nativity scene, I get an image of all of these people coming to visit Jesus, following this like Peter Pan-like star in the sky and finding him, and it was beautiful and glorious. No, the angels did not give them a star. They said, you'll find him in a barn. You'll find, you'll know that it is the Son of God when you find him in a feeding trough of a barn. So what you have is a bunch of random shepherds going through people's barns in Bethlehem looking for a baby. Oop, no baby, next barn. Oop, no baby, next barn. See, and I think that this is interesting because with the Magi, they studied constellations and astronomy. And so the Lord said, follow a star. And the shepherds, who knew quite a, <laughs> quite a lot about barns, they say, go and look in the feeding troughs. How beautiful is that? He doesn't tell the shepherds to go study a map in the same way he doesn't tell the magi to go study the Bible. He meets them where they're at. And he talks to them in a language that they understand. Isn't that the story of Christmas? That Jesus came to meet you exactly where you're at. And knowing what we know about the sacrificial system of the laws and traditions and rules and customs and all the things that they would have to do just to be near God. This is the first time in all of humanity 
that we don't have some huge barrier to look over to see him. But he comes down and he talks to us in a language that we can understand. See, God shows up. And this morning, what that also means is that God meets you exactly where you are today. I don't know what this Christmas season has brought up in you. I don't know what stress, I don't know what heartache, I don't know what grief. But this story, it says that Jesus talks to us in a way that we will understand. That even when all of our country and all of our world is going nuts and hitting people with carts, (laughs) Jesus says, I want to talk to you in a way that you can understand. See, gift giving is also an art form. You have to know the person. You have to know their likes and their dislikes. You probably need to know their allergies. Uh, You need to know all sorts of things. You need to know their needs. And, And when you know all of those things, like it's like the stars align and you can give this gift. And one of my favorite things to do is give a gift and then watch them cry. You know, I don't know, that might be a sick, sick and twisted thing, but but you love that, don't you? When you give a gift that is just received so beautifully. Now, my brother, he's terrible at this. Um, I think, honestly, he makes a point and an effort to be bad at this uh, because he thinks it's funny. Uh, How many of you guys are brothers in this room? Yeah, you'd never do that to your sister, would you? Never, okay? Uh, my My brother, he's eight years older than me. He had a job where he would travel around the world, and he would go and do, like, technological stuff that I could never understand. Anyway, he decided that at every place he went, he was going to buy me a t-shirt. Now, those people that are brothers here in this room, what size t-shirt does your sister wear? Yeah, you probably don't know, right? You're probably like, oh, I can make a good guess. (laughs) Okay, well, my brother guessed, and he guessed like a 4 or 5X, um, pretty much a dress on me. And so he decides to get me these ginormous t-shirts, and not even that, um, the content of the t-shirts are just something else. Um, One time he brought me a shirt from an Irish festival that he went to, and it's like huge on me, and it has a giant green beer on it. Can't really wear that, okay? Um, That's not really preaching attire. Um, Another time, he went to uh, Las Vegas, and he got me a shirt that just said, what happens here stays here. (laughs) Not really the message I want to send to much of anybody. And then the piece de resistance, like the best one is that he went to Joe's Crab Shack for the first time. (laughs) And he got me a giant shirt that just said, got crabs. And I just said, Adam, when do you think I'm wearing these shirts? (laughs) Of what situation do you think I am in that this shirt is fun to wear? So I have a whole drawer just of of large t-shirts that I'm never going to end up wearing, but they were gifts and they matter. See, knowing somebody when you're giving a gift is important, isn't it? You have to know them uh, deeply. And God, when he shows up to these shepherds, he knew exactly who he was talking to. He was not talking to priests. He was not talking to scholars. He was talking to people that herded sheep. And he invited them into the story. 
See, that's the thing about receiving a gift, is that it always invites you into something, whether you want to or not. See, every single gift that you have been given, it elicits a response. And generally, whether that response is good or bad depends on how good the gift is and how much they know you. And so, uh, and so as, as a response, you can have multiple things that you respond with. It could be like when you opened these tiny babies. It could be confusion or laughter or wonder. And see, we have a response to Christmas, don't we? Good or bad. This season elicits a response in us. We're either excited, we're either meh, or maybe it's just, man, I cannot wait for this season to be over. It elicits a response. I was reading an article in Psychology Today about the holiday blues, and it said that a majority of people report feelings of happiness, love, high spirits, and joy, accompanied with fatigue, stress, irritability, bloating, <laughs> and sadness. No wonder we don't know how to receive these gifts, because we are torn in both directions. Because we see the hope that Jesus is, and we see the heartache that this, this time of year represents. And I don't know how to respond to that. But I would suggest to you this morning that no matter your past or present with Christmas, Jesus is not a gift that was given, but he is a present present. He is one that we receive daily. And this holiday is just celebrating that we received that gift in a language that we could understand. See, God has given us the greatest gift of all. And where I think that we miss the beauty of it is that we focus on the humanity of Christ and we miss the godliness of Christ. If you could hold those babies in your hands and just look at them. See, I can hand you a baby during Advent season and you can think about how beautiful it is that God lived among us and that he was in a human form. But we can't miss the beauty that he was not only human, but wrapped in this itty-bitty package was an all-knowing, all-loving, all-truthful God. In this tiny package came the grace, the wisdom, and the strength, the hope, the redemption for the world in this itty-bitty box. And that is the greatest gift that we would have ever received, and yet we leave it wrapped, unopened, and untapped into. Because I think deep down we know that we're a little scared to respond to this. We're a little scared of what that might bring up in us. But what good is a gift that goes unused? Uh, I was reading, in 2015, $970 million in gift cards went unused. 
970 million dollars in gift cards completely unused when I got my stocking out this year I found earrings in the bottom of it and my heart sank right because what good is a gift that goes unused have you ever given a gift to somebody and they not care about it have you ever given a gift to somebody and thought it was the most perfect thing but they got something better so it doesn't matter. And we hate this, but we do this every single year with God. And this gift is not a Starbucks gift card or a wool sweater. This is a relationship with Jesus. And our job at this time of year, it is not to muster up some Christmas spirit. No. It, it, it is to receive this gift with humility with wonder, and with adoration. Because how we receive a gift matters. The shepherds knew something about receiving a gift that I think we, don't, that we miss. They knew that there are only two responses to receiving the gift of Jesus. Let's read again in verse 15. Then the angels had left them and gone into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. See, the first way that we can respond to a gift like Jesus is that we come to see him. That we choose to come to see him. When the shepherds heard this great news, they ran to see the Savior of the world. They ran, they hurried to find this baby swaddled in a barn. See, our first, our first response to receiving a gift like Jesus is to draw near to him, to meet him in this season, not in forced merriment, not in decorating a tree or giving the perfect gift, but Christmas is a time of year to draw near to him where he meets you exactly where you are, that he speaks in a language you'll understand, that the God of the universe left the comfort and the joy of heaven just to be with you. So what would it look like for you to come and see him this season? What would it look like for you to draw near to him this season? Would it mean picking up a reading plan of scripture between now and Christmas? You have like 10 days. Would it mean that I start a new verse or a new chapter in the Bible? Would it mean maybe listening to worship music in a new way? Would it mean, uh, for me, I love journaling. I love writing out prayers to God. Would it mean maybe experiencing and encountering God in a new way or in a new posture? Would it mean raising your hands during worship or lifting your praises at a new volume? We can handle it. What would it mean for you to come near to him this season? Because the reality is, is that we all will respond. We will all receive this gift. But it's your decision on how you will respond. Would you look at this time and say, maybe, just maybe, amongst all of the busyness and the craziness and everything that is within me, I choose to draw near to him. I um, remember 
two years ago. Uh, this was not a fun time of year for my family. Um, we had lost mom just a m less than a month prior to, to Christmas. And I remember sitting in the living room and there just being this emptiness, even though we were all there. There was an emptiness because mom wasn't. And I hated that. But I also cannot let my grief get between me and responding to this gift. I also have to celebrate the fact that my mom is with this baby Jesus and that she would not want me to be grumpy, <laughs> that she would not want me to, to dismiss this holiday as just another time of year, but that she would want me to experience and draw near to him. And this holiday is hard because the difficulty of it can almost become an idol in our minds. But I choose to worship Jesus in the midst of it. Maybe this season is the time that you choose to worship him in the midst of it. When they're missing from the table. You choose to worship Jesus when your family is broken. And you say, I will still respond to this gift. Let's keep reading. Verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The second way to respond to the gift of Jesus is to spread the news about him. It's to decide that, that you are going to spread the love of Christ. Now those shepherds, they left the barn that day worshiping and glorifying God. They left the barn that day being some of the first preachers of the gospel. The low lowlifes of society left with hope and good news for the world. Maybe this year, the way that you receive this present is by giving it away. And I'm not saying like, okay, we're all going to leave here and give these tiny naked babies away to our city. <laughs> it's going to change everybody. <laughs> but what I am saying is that the, the particular thing about Christmas is that you see all sorts of people. Maybe some of them need to receive this love. Maybe somebody in your family. Would you take that baby out again and just look at it? Who in your life, who in your friends, who in your neighborhood may need a gift like the love of Christ this season? Who maybe is struggling just as hard as you are? Who needs to hear from you? Or maybe it's, I need to decide to respond to them differently. See, what the shepherds knew that I want us to hear this morning is that the only way to respond to a gift that is so big is to come closer 
and to share his love. I'm going to pray with you this morning, and I want to ask the question, which one of those, which one of those two things is going to be how you receive this gift? Will it be sharing the love of Christ, maybe in small ways? Or will it be drawing near to him? Jesus, there are so many things that this life and this season represents to us. God, in amidst all the clutter and all the chaos, you decided to show up to these shepherds, these lying, cheating people who are not perfect and were not looking for you. Jesus, you showed up in a tiny package. But man, my life has been forever changed because you did. Lord, this morning I pray that you would help us to respond, to receive this gift beautifully. To receive it maybe in a new way. To receive this gift not focusing on the chaos, but focusing on you. Lord, for the folks in this room that, that Christmas has been difficult this season, God, I pray that through your Holy Spirit that you would anoint them with a new hope. Jesus, with a new perspective. God, with a new depth in their relationship with you. God, we love you and we trust you and we thank you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name. I've asked the worship team uh, to sing O Little Town of Bethlehem this morning. And I think in all of what Christmas represents, we can sometimes lose sight of what happened in that tiny town on an ordinary day. And so as we sing together this song, I pray that you would let it just minister to your heart. I'm sure that when we leave here, there will be Christmas stuff that we have to attend to, or family that we need to talk to, or problems that we need to solve. But what if, for this moment, we just leaned in a little closer, and we let God worship and sing over us? If you'd like to take a posture of prayer, or if you'd like to stand with me, you're welcome to right now.